0: Hi, Jake. So <laughs> Yo. thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Now, before Thanks, we man. get into the new album, I'd like to jump back to to the uh, album before, which was Honesty, because I feel yeah. like there's a continuation in kind of the, the processes of your mind in between those albums. So how do yeah. you look back now at Honesty?
1: Man, that was like part part one. <laughs> mm. um, that was very much part one of a, of a two-part series. Um, <laughs> it was... Um, I think I was trying to... Particularly sonically, I was trying to introduce my listeners to um, a bit more of a soul side of me, um, a little bit more of that vibe, and um, also more, an, a more authentic version of me, you know? Um, not just writing nice, happy-go-lucky things, but just deeper stuff, you
0: know? <laughs> what What was it like to be vulnerable like that to open yourself up like that because that isn't always a, an easy thing to do
1: right um I found it easier to sing about stuff than I did to talk about stuff sure. um I think for me over the years I've found it easier to express and communicate what I feel through song so it was it was a, it was the first time going that deep but actually it felt really natural to me at the same time
0: is, is that one of the reasons why you started uh, play, playing music and writing songs to begin with?
1: Yeah, because I realised I had, <laughs> as guys, sometimes we're not good at talking about how we feel. And um, sure. and a long time ago, I, I realised I could, yeah, I could say things that it didn't feel corny saying it if I sang it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but i mean you have to be able and then, i mean the album title implies it but you have to be honest with your with yourself which is which oh. is an interesting to to do so if oh. if we take that development from honesty to let's go through the last couple of years how did that feeling evolve into to what would become the new album
1: yeah um i think especially coming out of the honesty album coming out of lockdown uh, doing so well and being received so well, I think mm. it kind of gave me a lot of encouragement and a lot of confidence to to lean in a little bit more and do and 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 explore even more honestly in this new album from When It Hurts. Um, yeah, it, it gave me the, the great encouragement I needed. To be honest, yeah, big time. And I
0: also can imagine you're dealing with with real life situations and, and oh, yeah. real people. <laughs> so, oh yeah is there any apprehension at all uh, when you start thinking about uh, like you're exposing your personal life to some extent
1: yeah i think it's always scary right you know when when you when you when you put out art into the world and and you've been honest with it um it's scary i had some friends from me up and be like hey is everything okay you know <laughs> mm. um but yeah it, it's always going to be a bit nerve-wracking but at the same time, the the other side of the coin, the flip side of the coin is when people message you and they're like, hey, that really spoke to me. I'm exactly where that song is right now or I felt that before. So there's 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 pros and cons, you know? Totally. And I've learned to go with it.
0: And if, if we take... Uh, I don't know where you started writing these songs that ended up on the new album, but uh-huh. I can imagine, like you said, the uh, previous album, Well Received, uh, you're kind of going in this direction of writing and you mentioned last album was also you wanted to put a little bit more soul into the album yeah. so musically then what is your mindset as you start to write these songs
1: yeah i think uh, i uh, I wanted to create songs for two occasions in particular um, songs for a, a long drive um, and songs to have a bottle of wine with late at night um I kinda of aim for that feeling and um and I think those are my sweet spots. <laughs> um and um because for me, conversations happen, deep conversations happen on long drives and also with a bottle of wine at night. <laughs> um and so I just thought it'd be great just to kind of make the album feel like that, you know.
0: Very quickly in between then, what is your favorite road trip music? Ooh. Uh,
1: it has to be Paul Simon's Graceland
0: album. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I, I don't know if I remember this correctly, but am I right in saying that uh, that particular album by uh, Paul Simon was kind of something that, that helped you develop yeah, uh, very early on?
1: Definitely. That was the one that my dad played when I was a kid. And um and yeah, I, I must admit, I do bring it out now. <laughs> when I'm on my own, like, yeah, <laughs> no one else appreciates it. It's <laughs> just me on my own. <laughs> but,
0: but, but what, what was the magic of that album to you? then?
1: Man... I think it's just one of those type, I've never heard anything like it at that time mm. when I was growing up I'd never heard any music like it
0: right. just
1: a combination of South African township music and New York singer-songwriter music folk music um nothing's I don't think I've ever heard anything like it since um and when you when that when you get impacted with an album like that so young you can't just walk away that doesn't leave your brain um so when you listen to when I listen to it now, all the feelings I had then come right back. Mm. You know? Um so yeah, it it's sonically, thematically, um, culturally, it just made a massive impact. Especially because that was the the album was produced. The album came out actually um when towards the back end of like apartheid times out in South Africa. Mm. So it's just so significant socially, sonically, uh, culturally on so many levels. And it just made a massive impact on me, especially with my dad playing it, you know?
0: And I can imagine uh, with certain music that you listen to at that age that sticks with you forever, right?
1: Totally. Totally. I love, and I'm grateful for it. (laughs) (laughs) But
0: uh, Maybe this is too far-fetched, but what did it teach you about songwriting then? And then it doesn't have to be in the beginning, but even to this day.
1: Yeah, I think... The biggest thing that album taught me about songwriting and artistry is to take risks. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm currently just finishing off Paul Simon's biography, reading Paul Simon's biography. Mm. And um, just the amount of backlash that he got from South Africans, from black South Africans and whites, right. um, the amount of uh, Americans who were like, Paul, what are you doing? But then when he won Grammys and it, and it, and how many millions copies of albums got sold and arenas in, in Zimbabwe and in South Africa and globally, like he did Central Park how many times off that album? He did Royal Out all whole hundred times. Like just taking risks creatively, artistically, in fact, taking risks in life. There's a great saying, nothing extraordinary happens without risk. And I think that whole album um, to this day encourages me to kind of go, all right, if I've done something before, cool. Jake, what's next? Where, where's your heart leading? Where's what's, what? Would you want? How do you push the boundaries a little bit more?
0: And this notion of taking risks and 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 putting yourself out there is obviously a good uh, analogy for for kind of entering into love and and relationships uh, <laughs> as well. Totally. So this idea of taking a risk, and one thing I really like, and and that definitely shines through on certain songs on the album, is a certain resilience in love, not to to pack your bags at the first sign of trouble, you know?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's very easy, it's very tempting. (laughs) It's it's the easy way out, yeah? Yo bro, I like peace, I like an easy life bro. (laughs)
0: But totally. maybe if if it's too personal, uh, you don't have to share. But was there something that happened in your life that made you realize this that that you should kind of uh, yeah stick to something before you 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 see the result?
1: Yeah, I think I've been historically I've been so bad at relationships. <laughs> I've been so bad at, at just getting it right. I'm 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 constantly getting things wrong, <laughs> <laughs> and I think. A lot, of, a lot of the songs just come from, oh, crap, I've messed up again. Oh, maybe I should just give
0: up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's where a lot of it comes from.
0: But I mean, Start Again is a, is a great example then of, of a song. Well, you can mess up, you, you could do dumb yeah. things, but at least uh, go back to uh, step one and try again. Totally, so.
1: totally. totally. Um, and I think, again, as a guy... I, th- I just think um, uh, it would save a lot of relationships if a guy actually was humble enough to be like, "Hey, I've messed up. Can we can we try again?"
0: <laughs> I was thinking this as I was listening to the album. This women have figured out that communication is really important, and oh, men are yeah. st- still lagging behind a little. Yeah, bit.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still further down the road. We're not there yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so. Does help? Does does writing songs then about these these uh, romantic adventures and and, and kind of uh, troubles as well? Does that yeah. help figure things out then?
1: It helps. I think it helps um, give a voice to some things. Um, so like for me, I don't know about you, but like a lot of the times, I'm having conversations in my head and trying to, and I feel like I'm going around, I'm going mad. But um, actually, when you get it out, and you have other people, other men, be like, yo. I've been there. And then you have other women be like, oh, so that's what's going on. (laughs) It just helps when you shine a light on something, it just helps everyone see a little bit clearer, you know?
0: But I I can also imagine that um, what you mentioned, the people, the songs resonating with people, and and, and especially people that are in a similar situation and then kind of figuring out, oh, I'm not the only one who kind of struggles with these types of things. I mean, oh. what does that do to you? And even just maybe in a in a broader context, just, just the fact that people can find something in the music that you make.
1: Yeah, I, that's the biggest privilege. Um, I'm always thanking people for listening to my music because there's millions of other artists out there. Um, and it's always a privilege. So the fact that someone can identify something in my music which relates to them is I mean, that's what art's supposed to do, right? Sure. Um, so I'm so grateful for that. And and I think my, I think success in my eyes is more of that. Um, I think sometimes we can aim to do like a Super Bowl halftime show, or we can <laughs> aim to—I don't know, like to pack out arenas wherever. But actually, the the real success is whether someone chooses to put on your music late at night with a bottle of wine after they put the kids to bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Um, yeah. And and then and then that kid who hears their mum or dad listening to that music in the car or like late at night then grows up and says when i was younger i grew up on this that's the real success
0: is it is this uh uh how would you say it is this a remnant of kind of how you grew up cuz i can imagine the way the, the person your father was the, to to yeah. have an Im, uh, impact rather than kind of this 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 selfish gain uh, yeah yeah did you kind of grow up like that and then and... totally
1: totally and um and it did me it did me good i like i love it it's part of who i am now and um and i think my dad wasn't a singer but at the same time i feel like everything that he invested in and stood for and stands for now kind of helps me really grab a hold of what art's supposed to be what creativity's supposed to do art is not supposed to be for myself mm-hmm. it's art is never supposed to be for the individual it's um it's supposed to be an expression of the individual for others um for others to hopefully identify with and benefit from um there's a great there's a there's a jazz pianist I, I heard recently talking, and he got asked a question. He said uh, a student asked him and said, "If um, who is who is jazz music for? Who is music supposed to be for?" Um, and he said, well, it's "Supposed to be for the listener." And then the student said, "Hey, well, if it's supposed to be for the listener, what does that mean for you?" And the teacher replied, "Well, I'm the first listener."
0: <laughs> mm. That's you know what, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that's an interesting thought. So, um,
1: I, I just, I just think that that applies to art throughout, you know.
0: It is the... because again, I, I kind of vaguely recall reading something about uh, this album being written as you were doing kind of normal stuff, just living life. So, Probably. is that part of it that that uh, I mean? I hear two approaches. One is you you work at it uh, or hammer at it every day from nine to five, and then trying to kind of make a song by force yeah, and then yeah. the other one is waiting for that inspiration and, and that flash of... Yeah. Uh, so, so am I right in saying that this album was mostly kind of that flash of inspiration type writing?
1: Yeah, a lot of it did. There's like one or two songs which took like maybe like a month to write okay. just because I had to keep revisiting it but a lot of it came together just with I don't know, sat in the kitchen, with the washing machine's going on in the background and you are like oh, it's a Sunday afternoon everyone's <laughs> chilling and you got your guitar you know a lot of it came like that and then i record a voice note and then i revisit it and be like well that was all right and then you know um so i think i, I feel like the key to again any creative process is just being open to when the inspiration comes i'm mm-hmm. just going with it you know
0: when did you because you do a lot yourself you play yourself you you write yourself you you <laughs> badly, produce yourself badly. very badly <laughs> <laughs> well uh, Better than most, I would say. Um, <laughs> if, if, when do other people come into the process then? Because there's a, a couple of people on the uh, album. Uh, I mean, I've had the pleasure of uh, talking to Jacks already uh, uh, multiple times. Great guy. How does somebody like that enter into the process?
1: Yeah, I think um, a lot of that happened through just mutual respect. So we were following each other for maybe like two years. Mm. And um and I, just, I I, thought, hey, oh, this would be great just to have an incredible Italian singer on this. <laughs> and I reached out on Instagram. I was like, hey, how you doing, bro? Like, we've been following each other for a while. We love what each other does. And I just wondered, I've got this little song. Would you be interested? And also, I think the beauty of that is we're in different worlds, mm. you know? So there's always like a, wow, what could happen if our worlds collided? And it did. And it came out beautiful. So that's, that's um the beauty of social media <laughs> sure um sure. uh when it comes to collaboration back in the day you can do you have to go through so-and-so and through so-and-so and through so-and-so um, and now you can kind of be like hey it's it's a bit more of a yeah just a collaborative uh culture nowadays
0: you know yeah it's more inf- informal i suppose it's like Definitely. you say you don't have to write a letter to ask permission and all that Definitely. Stuff. But with that in mind, and I listened to the song, and one thing I, that struck me was how, how well your voices fit together. Is, is that? Dang. I mean, that's something you, you can't really predict uh, beforehand, <laughs> right? No, nope. and it's scary. <laughs> you kind of make a
1: song, and then you send it off to the artist. So Jack in the sketch, you're like, "Well, here goes. Hope it goes well." <laughs> but then, but then you get a relief when he sends it back. To you like, "Oh, this is
0: incredible. <laughs> this is gonna work." Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Did you let him write his own verse, or, or was it kind of already written? Do
1: you know what he kind of, he basically jumped in on what on what had already written, which okay. is again just such an honor.
0: Sure. Yeah. And then the other one, I also had the pleasure to at one point to talk to, uh, with Josh Stone, who's just incredible. Um, similar similar story then.
1: Yeah, so totally. actually that one was slightly different. Um, Again, she's just stone, she's great, she's Grammy Award winning, incredible voice for years now. And um my manager knew someone uh on her team and I said, Oh, I wonder I wonder what she's up to and would she be interested. And so we we got through that way. I sent her the song. The first time around she couldn't commit to it because at the end of last year she just she was about to have a baby.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Uh, but then she messaged back. Uh, her, her assistant messaged back and said, "Hey, I'm, I'm totally up for still up for doing something." So we sent her that song, and uh, we heard back, and she was like, "Look, I'm up for this." She's had the baby by then, and she was just keen. So that was incredible.
0: And and again, uh, well, let me ask it a little bit differently. What did what did you hear in Joss uh, Joss's voice? What 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 compelled you to to ask her?
1: I've, I heard maturity. I think that song in particular, "Broken Pieces," is, is not. It's a. Uh, it's a song. It's not for the faint hearted. <laughs> it's sure. um, it's and so I needed. I really wanted a voice that has lived a bit, you know, relationship-wise, career-wise, um, and um, and and yet someone who's, even though they've lived for a bit, they're still keeping the fire alive creatively passion-wise, music-wise, relationally. And, um, I tell you what, she's become quite a sister since we started working together. Uh, we were messaging even yesterday. She's in Brazil at the moment on tour and we're like messaging at three o'clock this morning, you know, just like, hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And it's become, we're at similar points in our life just in terms of, yeah, life, family, all that stuff. So, um, it just felt like the right type of weight to bring to that album, um, and vocally, she's incredible. It's just, it just—it just felt right. It just felt so right.
0: The line is two diamonds covered in dirt in broken pieces. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, not for the faith of heart, but the the line I actually find very interesting is uh, when we love how they love in the movies. Now, when we watch TV or listen to songs, there's always this this romantic view of of what love should be. Mm. And it isn't always the reality, or it it, it might give a distorted view of what love should be. So, how do you balance these two worlds?
1: Absolutely, I think um, I feel like the movies is the ideal, is what you want to aim for. But we, everyone knows, it's not real. And if if it is that, it doesn't last.
0: It's temporary. Anything that
1: lasts long isn't always going to be like that. Um, But at the same time, there is something there's something fascinating about trying to build your relationship in a way that actually is good, not just surface level good, but depth good, you know? Um, So I suppose when when I wrote that line, it was just kind of saying, hey, that would be great to aim for. I know we're not there yet, but could we at least, and we might never get there, but could we aim for that at least, you know?
0: Mm. that's, uh, That's nice. At least you have, yeah. To try your hardest to, to make it work at least because <laughs> <laughs> because again i mean that g- goes back to what i was saying earlier and i think we live in a s- culture or a society with in- instant gratification these days so yeah. so it's very difficult to to kind of take the good with that uh, take the bad with the good in a way uh yeah i would think um finally then uh you are also, well, I, I asked you before the camera turned on whether you were in the Netherlands because you are here, um, you play a little part in a movie.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: How did that come about? And then was acting something always on your radar?
1: <laughs> so um, during lockdown, I had an email from my publisher basically asking if I'd be interested in composing some music for a, a Dutch film. Um and I was like, "Yeah, cool." And then I got like a, "Hey, would you be up for acting in this as well?" <laughs> and I was like, okay. why <laughs> not?" You know, and um, and so I ended up during, during lockdown or end of lockdown, coming go coming back and forth from from Amsterdam, and um, yeah, it was just so much fun. Um, I, I kind of, I'd written my first short film maybe like a year before okay, and I got good. awarded like five awards at different chip film festivals. Okay. So I've, I've kind of been dipping my toes in just with the whole uh on screen world. Um and yeah, and so it's out today. Um, it's called Goodbye Stranger. Um and it's uh directed by Aaron Ruckus. Um and it's got a great cast and um yeah, it's in cinemas across across the netherlands
0: yeah i don't say this just to pander and uh, but i usually don't watch dutch films but this one seemed actually interesting because it kind of is in the realm of where i operate as well so in the music right exactly
1: effect. that's what that's what that's what got me it's it's actually um it's, it's in a in a crazy way it kind of shows the dark side of industry and the impact it can have on the individual hmm. um uh, every industry has its ups and downs and so does the music one and, and it's, a, it's a really good it's a, it's a really good watch
0: what has for you and this i don't want to make it too heavy but what what for you has been one of those moments where you kind of had to realize okay this is what the business is like and and get yeah. over that
1: um i think a while back um early days when i signed to elton john I I had to deal with, you know, every country has its like mainstream pop radio station, like no. the one like, top tier. That's the radio station. Yeah. And I think when it hit me was when I learned about tribes and when I learned about what's cool, what's in, what's not and just how it works. And I realized um, you don't, you don't stand a chance unless you're in with the right people. And um and, um, and if you're not in with the right people, it can be very harsh and it can be very hard. Um, I realized that being over here in the UK. And um, and I think I, I was very tempted to give up on a lot of things. Okay. Um, on a lot of things. Um, but I'm glad I didn't. Um, and I, I also realized just the importance of, hey, I don't have, I'm not all over pop radio. I'm not all over, but there are a few people that are listening. So I'm going to make music for them. And... Um, and that's what I've been doing ever since.
0: Yeah, this it's this kind of the last question then, but, but what got you through this, those difficult moments? Is it the people around you? Is it, like you yeah. said, wanting to provide something interesting for, for the people that do listen? Uh, what yeah, what, what yeah. got you through those moments?
1: Um, the, the feedback I got from people who are listening to my music. Mm-hmm. Um, and even to this day, just the, the incredible message I get from people in relationships, or there was like a couple who were, um, who actually, funnily enough, they flew the last time I played Amsterdam, I played um, Paradiso. Uh I did Paradiso the like Paradiso Church. Mm. And this time I was doing Paradiso Noor. And they um they flew over from I want to say Maryland in America. Whoa. And basically it was on their bucket list because the guy was at stage four cancer. Okay. So his doctors gave him permission. They flew over um and um and they wanted to meet <laughs> and uh, we met. Uh, they came that my manager sorted it out and and um, and he passed away like maybe like a month ago
0: okay. uh,
1: but on his bucket list was to come along to a Jake Isaac concert which I don't know what he was thinking <laughs> I would that would be on my bucket list <laughs> <laughs> um, but the reason why was because some of the songs I'd written like uh, of, like You and I Always and some some of the recent songs I'd written um, had been like soundtracks to their last few years together and and um, when you hear stories like that and you see those types of people on the front row who've flown however many miles, mm. um, you can't just stop because you know, your music's not on radio. You've got to keep going. Um, as long as there's money there, you just try and keep going. And if there's no money there, you make it work. And um, I'm just, I feel like um, I once heard Kanye West say, "We we all have a limited amount of time, a certain amount of time to bring beauty to the world. And that might look different for different people in different jobs, different roles. You, in terms of what you're hosting here, and myself as a musician, we all have a specific amount of time to bring beauty to the world. And um, and I think it's so important to try and remember that. Um, whether we get notoriety, whether things, whether we're famous or not, as long as we grab a hold of what am I bringing, which is beautiful to the world. Um, yeah, I, I just, it's, yeah. Thanks for coming
0: to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a that's a beautiful story, and 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 it um, demonstrates the power of music, and and how much you can mean to people. So I think that's a beautiful yeah. way to end <laughs> the interview. Jake Mayer, yes, thank man. you so much. Thank you well. Thank you all.